Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid. My name is Chris Evans and I'm joined as always by, I nearly said Stu King then, that's both of your names, by Stu Greenwood. Hello. And by Tom King. Hello. You'd think we've been doing this for two seasons, wouldn't you? (laughs) Can't even remember your names. Um, But yes, it is the end of another season and we're here to do the second part of our season review because it turned into an absolute monster. Uh, And this week we are going to give away lots of awards to various drivers and other people. Um... Some of them they may want, some of them they may may not. Uh, so shall we dive straight in with the first one? Yes, please. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, I think we'll start with the um, what I'm calling the in-episode awards. Uh, regular okay. listeners will know that every episode we give out driver of the day, move of the day, and the uh, WTF are we doing here award. Um, so I've been through every episode, which was a treat, wow. as you can imagine, um, oh. and counted up every single one. Um, so would you like to hazard a guess at who won the most Driver of the Day awards throughout the season? Oh, that's a tr- I think for us, um, uh, maybe Hamilton because he won the most races. I, I don't know. Danny Rick might be up there because he had quite a few drives through the field. Like yeah. when he was finishing, generally he was getting Driver of the Day from us. So. <laughs> this is a good measure of how much, how fanboy we are for particular drivers. This <laughs> Yeah. Um, the good news is you're actually both right. Um, it was a three-way tie for Driver of the Day awards. Uh, Hamilton, Ricardo, and uh, Charles Leclerc all got uh, four each throughout the season. He had a real storming end of the season, Charles Leclerc, didn't he? So Yes, yeah. he picked up quite a few uh, late on. Um yeah, for a piece though. I think that feels right. Hamilton, yeah. Ricardo, Leclerc. That feels like a good balance. Yeah. Um, mm. Other drivers to pick them up. Uh, Vettel got three. Gasly got two. Um, Grosjean, wow. Sainz, Van Dorn and Verstappen all picked up one apiece. Gasly got two. Obviously, Gasly, he got a Bahrain. He got a Bahrain and he got a Hungary. Hungary, oh. Which I think it, he had in what from fifth? memory that yeah in it was Hungary very strong best of the rest that yeah if I, if I remember rightly the Hungary one was the one where it was a bit like one of the science ones that we gave which was like he was in no man's land all yeah. on his own and just so far ahead of the rest of the mid pack but obviously they didn't have the car to to stay with the the top teams so I think that's why he got that one in Hungary yeah I think so um so the three of them can share that award uh, how about uh, move of the day. Uh, who picked up the most move of the days? Slightly easier, Danny, this one. Got to be Danny Ricardo, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it's more likely to be Danny Rick because, it's, again, it's usually him that we're talking about fighting through the field. <laughs> it is absolutely Danny Rick. Uh, picks up move of the day in Australia, China, Azerbaijan, Hungary, and there was one more, Brazil. Uh, he picked up five. The closest other driver was um, Vettel and Hamilton, and Verstappen all got three apiece. And Bottas, in fact, it was four way tie wow. for second place. But yeah, I mean, you'd put money before the season started on Ricardo getting that, wouldn't you, really? Yeah, I think absolutely. so, yeah. Um, and this was a slightly trickier one to, um, to work out because we give this award to uh, literally anything that takes our fancy, basically. Um, but the most. Uh, well, let's, let's play the jingle, actually. Honestly, what the f*** are we doing here? Who got that the most times this season? I don't know, but four minutes in is the always going to be forever the earliest we ever play that jingle. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> is. One, one week, I'll just hit it straight after the music <laughs> yeah. just to try and beat the record. Yeah. Who um, would have got it? Who would have got that the most? Is it... Oh, no, that might have been more last season. I was going to say, is it like... Liberty Media's sort of um, weird and wonderful things they try and do. No, there's only really the race weekend, one or two things in the, in the list that we could have given them. Um, we'll go through the full list a bit later on, but not quite so much this season, though. I think maybe Ferrari maybe got picked up the most of those this year. Or yeah, Vettel. either Ferrari, Ferrari or maybe even specifically Seb for some of his antics this year. Ferrari were... 
equal second, actually. Um, but actually, the person with the most was Verstappen this season. Uh, yeah, that makes mm. sense. Um, actually, the the three he got were... Well, two of the three were actually slightly soft ones, but even so, we gave it him in China for the clumsiest overtake in the world and running into Vettel. Um, yeah. We gave it him in Monaco for bidding it in F3, FP3 yet again. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then finally in Brazil for obvious reasons. <laughs> Let's not go into what happened into Brazil again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's the awards that uh, don't require any thinking power from us. Um, I mean, the next one probably doesn't require much thinking power either, and that's Rookie of the Year. Um, there's only yeah. actually two applicable drivers for that this year. Um, obviously, there's the likes of Gasly and Hartley and co who did a few races last year. Uh, the only actual rookies this year, though, Sorokin and Leclerc. Who do we think is rookie of the year from those two? Obviously, if you if you if you go to the Sky Sports website, I mean that one's going to answer itself, isn't it? <laughs> Sorokin, not just rookie of the year, but driver of the year. So I guess driver Sorokin. of the year, yeah, by default makes him rookie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Leclerc's had a banging season, hasn't he? He's been on another level to not just the other rookie, but half the field I think I mean yeah I think put him up against rookies from the last few seasons and we'd probably still be saying it was him to be honest he's I can't remember the last driver that was this impressive in their first season yeah yeah and it, it, the stuff he's done in a car that had no business I don't think being where it was on on many an occasion no, you know, the, no most notably for me at the last race at Abu Dhabi where he was challenging Sebastian for yeah fourth at one point was it <laughs> yeah um yeah. yeah that is just so tantalizing a prospect those two next season isn't it it's so exciting <sighs> can't wait cannot wait yeah i think i think as well even there's there's an argument that you can say depending on how you define rookie because it's the first full season for gasly and hartley even if you included them on that basis you'd still put Leclerc ahead of them both. Yeah. No, yeah, completely. Absolutely. I so. think as well, the thing that really makes him stand, not only has he put in some really, really great performances in the second half of the season, but at the, at the start of the season, he, he admitted himself that he was overdriving it a little bit and he was overdoing yeah. it. And he's shown that mental capacity and that maturity to take a step back and analyse what he's doing and make adjustments to what he's doing to then come back even stronger and get better and better and that to me is the mark of a a future, well a true champion and a future champion because he is a champion already in GP2 Yeah, absolutely I mean yeah, I couldn't put that better myself that's for me again is the real reason why it's just, just the maturity shown so quickly is Mm. just very impressive, just can't say enough good things about him basically um but we won't spend the rest of the podcast talking about him. Uh, but congratulations, Charles, on your award. We'll um, tweet it at you or something. Um, next one. <laughs> so that was such vitriol. <laughs> well, it's, not like, it's not like we've got him anything to actually like send in the post, so he'll we can just send him a nice tweet. Just buy him a trophy, a little mini trophy, back of the grid trophy. <laughs> I'm sure he'll appreciate it. What's his address? Anyone got his address? Send it in if you know it. <laughs> if you know where he lives. <laughs> just stand around in Monaco just going, Charles, Charles. I'm sure you find him eventually. How many can there be? <laughs> um, next up, um, best race. We had Ooh. a lot of very good races this season, I would say. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of the races you'd expect to be good ones were duds. Races <laughs> like Canada spring to mind. Um but there are also lots of very good ones, so I will I will open the floor to suggestions. Tom, you go first, mate. You go, go. <laughs> I'm ever so slightly biased on this one, and it's purely from being lucky enough to have been present, and that's Germany. Um, it was a good race anyway. Like Even if you were t- at home watching it, it was an entertaining race, but it was one I was lucky enough to be at this season, so I think that takes it for me to be able to say I was there when that happened. Um, So it's a little bit biased, but I think all in all, it was still a really good race because it was weather affected. We've got mistakes from drivers. You've got Hamilton coming back through the field and a little bit of craziness midway through the race. So all in all, I think it would be worthy of it anyway. But yeah, like I said, I've got a 
bit of a bias there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that that was the that was the race where everyone lost their mind because it was about to drizzle, wasn't it? Like there was yeah. a couple of drops of rain and they all just went absolutely mad. And it wasn't until yes. after the race that the heavens really opened and you all got flooded out, right? That you, there was yeah, we got flooded. We tunnels. got flooded and stuck in the circuit at that point. Um, <laughs> But to be honest, if that rain had come down during the race, they'd have stopped it. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was insane that um, monsoon. Yeah, conditions. there was there was a little bit of rain. Like it was it was mainly down the the bottom end of the circuit, kind of as you um, as you do the like sort of infield bit, if you want to call it that, that sort of hooks up where the old circuit turns in and then where the old circuit used to come back in it was kind of out there where it was raining yeah. mainly to begin with and that's why it caused all that craziness because that part was getting pretty wet but then round on the pit straights it was still dry at that point and it was like kind of moving across the circuit which just made it interesting <laughs> which is what Spiced led all to all five potential tire compounds being on the track at the same time at one point yeah yeah if that's yeah. not a reason for that to be a favorite race of the season, yeah. I don't know what is. <laughs> that alone is in its favor. Um, speaking of rain as well, just while we're on the subject of rain, um, how lucky were we to be at Hungary to experience a thunderstorm during Formula One qualifying? Yes. Like to, um, to, to witness that natural spectacle alongside <laughs> the, the, the technological marvel of a, formula, of a set of Formula One cars speeding around the track, trying to keep the thing on the island. That yeah, was next actually, level. Was so actually exciting. watching a storm roll in across the circuit towards us was yeah. pretty cool. I don't think many other people have Hungary as their race of the year, but I think it's probably one for us just because we were there. Yeah, yeah just, just yeah. the experience of being there was excellent. But yeah, it's, it was, not my, it was, it's not my race of the year, but... It, it was more the quality for the, for the Hungary, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. The the race was a fairly average race, I'd probably say, but the the quality was a, an interesting one because again, it's that mixed weather element, isn't it? Where you've got yeah. the changing conditions and parts of the track being it's a little bit different at Hungary. Cause it's all kind of quite closed in in that basin, so you don't get as yeah. much of the circuit having different uh, like kind of weather effects at the same time, but. You still got the changing, like that huge cloud that came across with the storm, just meant that like you went from a dry to a wet to a dry, almost in space of an hour. So, really interesting. I love yeah, the temperature. The temperature there. I will never forget how hot it was in the was, yeah. in the heat. It was almost unbearable. Like Chris, your girlfriend, who's spent time in the Sahara, <laughs> not She's the Sahara. Like, was it? Is it the Sahara? Oh, no, the, the desert. The desert. She, anyway. Yeah. The the deserts of Nevada, that's it. Nevada, sorry. <laughs> and she she was too hot. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's from Nevada, and she and even she was too hot. So it, it, it was hot. ridiculous. Um, my favorite, right? My favorite is. Uh, do you want mine, or you, did you have some? Yeah, else? go on. Yeah, you want it? You ready yeah. for it? Ready. Um, <clears throat> uh, Italy, Italy. I think was my favorite. Um, yeah. Just the, the we had it was Kimi on pole, wasn't it? for Italy. Yep, which is already a good yeah. start. Yeah, which is already great. And we, so before the race, we had the pleasure of listening to the mental Finnish commentators going absolutely <laughs> bonkers for Finney's pole lap. That was Kimmy's particularly pole, good. Finney's pole lap, blank. <laughs> uh, K- Kimmy's pole lap. Um, and then the race itself was just it was, it was the first time in ages we've had a proper flat out, you know, Go for it, race. Yeah, yeah, and and you saw that in the tires at the end of the race when they were all, everyone's tires were just obliterated at the end of the race. They'd all been pushing that hard. Um, there was the spin at the start from Vettel. There was them trying to use Raikkonen to hold Hamilton up, and then Hamilton overtook him anyway. It was a change for a position for the lead. It was it had everything. That race for me had everything a, a, a conventional race, not weather affected, should have. It was almost the perfect yeah. race. So that's the reason that's my favourite. Um, for me, I'm torn between two: um, the Silverstone and uh, America, both of which had lots of sort of strategy variants and mm. people trying different things and never quite knowing how it was culminating in a last kind of 20 laps or so of just having the top three or four within the same straight of each other and 
literally not knowing who was going to win the race until the final corner, which you don't get very often. Um, I think if I had to pick one of those, I'd maybe lean towards Silverstone just because it was literally the top four nose to tail all the way to the end. And we had that sort of dive bomb Vettel finally put on Bottas to take the win. Um, yeah. And again, we'd had Hell Hamilton move. fighting his way. I think was it second or third he finished from back of the grid, basically. Yes, about around 16th fish. And yeah, yeah, something like that. he finished, got a podium. I think um, I need to check that. We need to fact yes. check that at that point. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, he did because Bottas faded from first to fourth in the last few laps. That was it, yeah. Yeah. Second, Hamilton second in Great Britain. Yeah, second. Great Britain, Hamilton was second from fifth. Yeah, it was. Mighty drive. I said third. Um, the fight towards the end of that was the highlight probably for me in Silverstone. Yeah. The, where they were just so close to each other and you did at one point feel like any one of the four could take the win so that that was that was what you want to see more often isn't it i guess that yeah shame um, we don't see it anymore than that i'm surprised none of us have said baku because that was a race that had literally everything short of rain well, but i don't think you get much rain in azerbaijan i did enjoy baku i think it, what happened for me i was i was there I, I wasn't there there but i was part of the show at the time and the I nipped off for a little break while, during the sort of little lull in the race because there was a lull right before the big event happened, which was yeah. the crash between the two Red Bulls. So I missed the actual crash between the two <laughs> Red Bulls because I was doing something. So um, I, it probably would have been up there as one of my favourites if I'd seen that happen live. But the fact that I didn't, I sort of kind of just naturally pushed it down a little bit yeah. because I, I didn't I didn't see it unfold as it happened so I didn't get the shock reaction that I, I, think, I would have normally got I think the thing with Baku is although a lot happened in that race it was a lot of stuff like crashes and punctures and safety cars and stuff rather than actual good racing so I think yeah. that's why it's not necessarily high on my list or as high as yeah. some of the others I'd definitely agree with that. Like, you, you don't really want to see someone losing the lead because they've got a puncture. You know that that's not how you want to see yeah, the exactly. race pan out. Um, you don't mind seeing someone lose the lead because they've pushed too hard and they've ragged their tires or they've done a lockup and almost put it in the yeah. wall. You know that's because that's racing. But when when uncontrollable events or less controllable events occur and take people out of races, that's that's just not. It's not what you want to see at all, is it? No. And, you know, I mean, three of the four we mentioned had passes for the lead on track, which is, you know, exactly what you want. Yeah. Um, all right. So are we, how are we going to narrow this down to one? I don't think we need to. I, 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 think, yeah, I, think, I, I think we can each have our yeah. own. Um, we can put do it, that. Put it out to a vote. We, we've selected <laughs> the short list of three and everyone else couldn't can decide between those three. We could do that. We could do that, yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely sticking with Silverstone for me. Yeah. You're yeah, saying Italy, Stu. And mine's Germany. We, we won't do that. We're too busy at the moment. There's no way on earth. <laughs> That's a good point. To do that. <laughs> um, well, we've got, we've each got our own. I mean, if I had to pick one of the other two, I would probably lean towards Italy. I think. Um, mm. But they're all. I mean, they're all three. Germany was great draw. as well. I, to, I, I do find it difficult to pick between... You said US... Silverstone, you said, didn't you? Yeah, both Silverstone. those two races, they were both excellent. I think I'd, I'd be I'd be absolutely tied up between all three. I think equally all three. So I, I'm very happy to leave it at... at yeah, you know, give I, the I, three think, of I mean, think having a choice each is, is fitting yeah. because there were enough good races to be able to do that. And it's yeah. our awards, we could do whatever we want. So Exactly. <laughs> well done. Not well done Baku, but well done Silverstone, Germany and Italy. And us. Well done us. <laughs> well done everyone. <laughs> um, next award, the Daniel Ricciardo Award for Overtake of the Season. Um, obviously, he won the inaugural award named after him last year. Um, mm. Does he win it this year for you guys? No. <laughs> oh. I, I have a different, a different one. Um, and for me, I think the one that stuck with me all season, I think, has probably been a highlight, is it was Hamilton and Raikkonen um, basically wheel to wheel for over a lap where it was through the first sector at Monza and then it kind of 
calm down a little bit through the the back back end of the track and then it started all over again at turns one two and three and it was a battle that lasted like a good lap and a half and just the whole scenario of that from start to finish was the highlight of two like world-class drivers going wheel to wheel and it showed why Hamilton's been as successful as he has in his career and why Raikkonen, despite being one of the oldest men on the grid, has still got it. That Yeah, I mean, that was very, very good. I hadn't really considered that, but now you it's describe not, it again. It I can was. see why it's not on the short list because it's not just an out-and-out out move overtake. It's obviously it's something that panned out over, like say, like at least a lap, if not a lap and yeah. a half. So it's not necessarily just a clean-cut move, but we normally consider those during the the recording, so that that was probably very the true. one for me. Mm. Um, I've got a couple of I've got a couple that I really liked, and there was Hamilton on Vettel in Russia. Do you remember that one? Yep, that was very Where, good. Yes. Um, they're through, you know, through, it was after the pit stops. I think it was through, through a few sequences of courses. I cannot speak today. <laughs> it was through. A few, I mean, I'm picking difficult sentences to say for start, so that's not helping. But um, it was around a few corners at after the pit stops, and it, he, it was big, the big sweeping left hander. He made it stick around the outside of there on Vettel to take the to take the lead of the race into the following right hander, um, and he he just. You know, he, in the words of Daniel Daniel Ricciardo, in the essence of the award, he really did lick the stamp and send it. Like he, <laughs> he absolutely sent it up the inside. That was one of my one of my favorites. My absolute favorite, though, is a Ricciardo one for balance. It's um, it's his dive bomb on Bottas for the lead in China. That was fantastic. Yes. That 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 was one of those like sort of jaw dropping, gasping kind of moves. Like he's never gonna do it from there. And it was just from so far back. Bottas had to change direction to stop he <laughs> spotted it. And fair play to Bottas for for spotting him. Um because I don't think many other drivers would have uh, reopened the door to let him through, but it was already too late. Yeah. He was, he was going down there. He was thinking about his own race. But um yeah, it was just one of those moves that's like I'm coming through, you can either carry on or it was almost Verstappen esque in its in its audacity. Yeah, I think it was. If you ask Siri to define Daniel Ricciardo, it shows you a video of that. Like that is just <laughs> pure Ricciardo that move. Um, I think the, that Vettel Hamilton in Russia was very good, but I think Leclerc's move around the outside of Magnussen at the long left hander was more impressive. At Russia, um, I really enjoyed it. It was it was. It seemed to kind of hang it slightly oh, behind, yeah, but yeah, still no. there for that much longer, which made the final lunge a bit more impressive. Yeah, um, yeah. There was also Magnussen around the outside of 130R um, around Leclerc in Japan, um, which he subsequently ruined by uh, robustly defending from Leclerc and having him smash into the back of him. So I think he eliminates himself from conversation for that. <laughs> um, I'm inclined to agree with you, though, Stu. It, I mean, it is Ricardo's award, and I think... For me, he wins it again with that move for the lead in China. Mm. Do we think he'll be able to replicate those kind of moves in the Renault next season? Less often, but I think he'll still give him a sniff and he'll do it. Do you think? Yeah. Less, I don't know. I don't know if it'd be more often because he's going to be in the midfield and they're all a bit closer together. I guess it depends on. It depends on what that Renault's like last, uh, next year, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. true. He might find himself in that weird middle ground where it's just him and Hulkenberg fighting over fifth and sixth every race. Yeah. Which would be a shame. Mm. Hopefully, that won't be the case. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah. So I think for for the Daniel Ricardo Award for overtake of the season, we are going to, for Ricardo with a honourable mention to Hamilton and Raikkonen for their multi corner, multi lap battle in Italy. Yeah, sounds fair to me. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, and the next award, and play the jingle a second time if you want. Yeah. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? Uh, so we've already given out the award for the most of those in the season, but we're going to pick our uh, favourite one of the year. Um, if you like, I can read you through the full list of awards we gave out throughout the year to jog your memories. Yeah, well, yeah, let's yeah. have it. <clears throat> did, you have, did you have any sort of candidate before he does this, Stu, just to see if it ch- hearing the list changes our minds? My 
Yeah. Okay. Let's say let's say our own candidates first, and then we'll read out the yeah award. That's a good idea. Uh, WTF of the year? Goodness, that's a uh, Tom. Could you do yours first while I have a quick thing? <laughs> um, I think for me it is probably Vettel ending in the barriers in Germany because it's just a, such a swinging point in the season, um, and mm. it. It seemed to knock his confidence. It seemed to grow Hamilton's, and the season completely changed from there. So I think just because of its impact, that's why I was thinking that. Mm. I think, in terms of sheer jaw-dropping sort of WT, I mean, it depends how you look at WTF award. Like if you look at it as a as a moment, as as a thing that makes you go, "What the heck happened?" Mm there like oh my like a shock is is it a shock factor or is it just a, a disappointment factor kind of thing like i think it's whatever you want it to be really yeah there's, i think there's plenty of things that can make you say wtf while you're watching formula one that's for sure there's one that springs to mind that i don't fi- i don't know if we gave an award for this but the, the one that springs in my mind is right there was a raikkonen pit stop and they didn't get the wheel on right the rear wheel and a ferrari mechanic broke his leg yeah back in Bahrain, um, wasn't it that I think it must have been, but it might, yeah, I think it was Bahrain, and it that was that was a really shocking moment for me. That 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 was the one that made me go, "What the f?" The most because just the seeing it happen live on TV yeah. was pretty shocking. So, well, would you like to put the full list to see if your favourites are in there? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Australia has for botching two pit stops and throwing away potential best ever result. Bahrain, Ferrari for two unsafe releases and one broken leg. China, (laughs) China, uh, Verstappen for running into Vettel while trying to overtake. Azerbaijan, Grosjean for crashing under the safety car. Uh, Spain, Grosjean again for causing first lap chaos. Monaco, Verstappen for bidding it in FP3 again. Canada, chequered flag being waved two laps early. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I about that. that one. Oh, my God. It's a yep. shocker. Absolute scandal. France, this is a particular favourite of mine. This is how we had it written down in the doc. Oh. Vettel and everyone who voted for him for driver of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we did That's that. That's good, yeah. <laughs> uh, Maybe that one. <laughs> yeah, it's quite good. Um, Austria was Mercedes for their botch strategy and then mm. apologising to the drivers during the race. Uh, Britain was Perez for sliding across the pit lane sideways and facing backwards, uh, which was oh yeah another yeah, very good that one. was a scary one that was a really scary yep. one. Uh, Germany was Mercedes for box no don't no box no no box box no no don't box 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 yeah uh, Hungary Red Bull uh, yet another retirement robbing Verstappen of a podium and us of a better race. Um, Belgium Hulkenberg for breaking about three seconds after everyone else and causing a pile up in turn one. It's Italy for whoever ordered Ferrari's tyres. <laughs> um, Singapore, Perez for shoddy driving, culminating in a side swipe on Sorokin. Russia was Vladimir Putin for turning up five minutes before the end of the race to make the room of awkward even more awkward. Yeah, that's a good one. Japan Classic. was... <laughs> yep. Japan Magnussen for shocking defending, uh, causing the clutch to run the back of him about four corners after the overtake that won him move of the day. Uh, USA, meow. <laughs> Mexico simply Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brazil was Verstappen for the clash with Ocon and then losing his call afterwards. And finally, Abu Dhabi Alonso for cutting corners on his final three laps in Formula One. So, which of those leaps out to you? The Will Smith one I really like because <laughs> no, we got we got a second bite of the cherry with Will Smith, didn't we? Yeah, he returned for more. Yeah, yeah. he's a double whammy with Will Smith. Got a double will, double will whammy. Um, probably the check. I think the ultimate one is the checkered flag. I think you know when you you've got one job. Yeah, yeah. that was the the other one that leaps out at me just because it's such a pure. When you see it, you think, "What the is that?" is that onboard shot from whoever it was coming out of the pit lane in uh, Silverstone, just seeing Perez sliding yeah. sideways in front of him facing It was, it was a Williams, I think it was. <laughs> I think it was one of the Williams, was, yeah. Yeah, it was Sorokin, I think. Yeah. Um, Tom, any any leave out at you? Um, 
I do. I've completely forgot that we. It was Sebastian Vettel getting driver of the day, and therefore anyone who voted for yeah. it. I forgot that we'd done that. <laughs> that's that's a really good one. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, that one just for comedy value, but I think the one that jumped out at me at the, in the list was the checkered flag early thing because it was a pretty huge talking point at the time. Like everybody was going to, on about we? like how do you let that happen? So yeah, yeah. There's just no. You can't get away from. That. you can't get away with it it's it, it just should not have happened and then all the radio messages after it as well yeah um, vettel saying can you tell them not to wave the flag until the race has ended please? <laughs> <laughs> that's it like you know he he's not sat there counting the laps but he's probably got a little bit of delta on his screen or something that tells him roughly where he's yeah. at but the fact that he while concentrating on driving a formula one car at 200 kilometers an hour plus <laughs> knows better when the race is over than someone who's sat there with a lap counter and nothing else to do. Yeah. It's just uh, so bizarre. And all the systems that are in place as well to count the laps that they're just everything. Everything is designed to make sure that that happens at the right moment. And they still manage to get it wrong. That's just a shambles, isn't it? Absolute shambles. Yeah. it, It has to be that. Yeah. Well done, well whoever's fault that well. was. A very good. And we should point out that it wasn't. Um, was it? Uh, who's the model? It's the model. Um, I cannot remember her name. I can't remember who it was, but it wasn't. She had a silver directly, jacket on. Directly, her <laughs> it wasn't fault, her was fault. It? It, no, absolutely wasn't. We should point this out. It actually, absolutely was not the model's fault. She was just doing what someone told her to do yeah. when they told her to do it. The fault was with the technician for telling her to do it at the wrong time. Yeah. <laughs> Very ridiculous. silly. So we well done, that technician. Sorry, that's it. Came to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, our next award of the evening, the Pastor Maldonado Award for Crash of the Year. Ooh. It's a classic. It is a classic. Um, I think a few of them were probably on that list that we just read out. <laughs> I, I think... Mm, I think for pastoresque resemblance part of me wants to give it to Grosjean for managing to stick it in the wall under a safety car and then and then somebody on the radio pop up and say like I think Magnuson or someone just hit us it's like oh wait well, no it can't be Magnuson can it it was his teammate they were no, trying to Ericsson. blame Ericsson he's trying to blame Ericsson he's trying to blame like, Ericsson just hit us I'm like Ericsson was nowhere near you pal yeah he's like <laughs> mile down the road <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. That that is yeah. like very pastor to me. <laughs> um, go on, Chris. You do. I it. mean, you do the it. other the other crashes of significance. I mean, the other Grosjean one in um in Spain in Spain where he lost it and then like I know what I'll do. I'll just floor the accelerator. Yeah. Go completely lateral to the track and cover it in smoke. That was yeah. that was particularly silly. Mm. That was very Maldonado esque, actually, in, in its attitude, to, in its sheer contempt for the rest of the drivers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, other crashes of now, obviously, Hulkenberg causing the big accident at the uh, start of the Belgian Grand Prix. Mm. Um, there I was mean, the I... Hulkenberg upside down at Abu Dhabi. There's Verstappen's crash with Ocon at Brazil, I think, is worthy of a. Pastor Maldonado because he's cost him by my vote he's cost himself the win of the race and it was a backmarker trying to get himself back through it yeah. wasn't so that, unlike um, Maldonado and Hamilton coming together in Valencia actually was it yeah, just like exactly. a defensive move that was always going to end in contact yeah um, but if we want to keep it light maybe I shouldn't give it that one <laughs> <laughs> um, the upside down I, 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 particularly, I did enjoy the upside down Hulkenberg one just for shock value yeah, I mean, again, Maldonado has previous of uh, kick-flipping cars. So. Yes. <laughs> I love how it's you true. keep referring to what happened to Hulkenberg as a kick-flip. It's, it's what it is. It's persisted it is. through a couple of episodes. Now. We've, Especially... had a few, we've had a few skateboarding references on this podcast. The two go hand-in-hand, hand, I think. Well, it was it was the same race in Abu Dhabi where they were doing 50-50s on that massive curb through the like penultimate corner. Yeah, so. yeah they were. <laughs> Abu Dhabi pro skater. Um <laughs> I think for me, though, as Tom said right at the top, just in in its purest form, just the crashing under the safety car is just such a crashing for no apparent reason all on your own. It just feels very Maldonado. <laughs> you know, yeah. think back to when he uh, crashed in China, I think it was, because he was looking at his steering wheel and forgot to turn around the corner. 
Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's on brand for him. <laughs> it's very much on brand. And then I think if we, if we can, all right, I can, you can have my vote if we can combine that with the one in Spain as well. Oh, uh, well, I mean, to be fair, that was Grosjean the... Oh, sorry, the one in Spain. Yeah, it's, it's Grosjean all around then. Yeah. In fact, the, the flip in Abu Dhabi was also Grosjean. So whatever yeah. happens, it's Grosjean winning it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's got free, free crash of the year awards in one <laughs> So Cool. Congratulations, Fitting. Roman Grosjean. He's just filled the podium. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a strange image you've put in my head. Free, free Roman Grosjean. Free, free Grosjean. Champagne all with the Crash of the Year award. Yeah. The spirit of Maldonado. <laughs> um, next award, uh, Tom came up with this one, and I like this a lot. It's the Juan Pablo Montoya Award for most likely to succeed after F1. Um, Ooh, I like it. Obviously, we have quite a few drivers uh, leaving... Most probably never to return. Um, one probably will, but I think the rest won't. Um, so the nominations for this uh, is Alonso, who, as we know, is off to finish the WEC Super Season and do the Indy 500 next year. Mm-hmm. Van Dorn, who is off to Formula E. Um, Marcus Ericsson, who is going to IndyCar. Esteban Ocon, who next year is going to be Mercedes F1 Reserve. And we reserve. assume, yeah. <laughs> will it, for how long? <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the next question. Um, Brendan Hartley, who um, he's remaining a Porsche factory driver, but we have no idea what he's going to be doing. And Sergei Sorokin, completely unknown. No idea what he's going to do next year. Mm. Uh, so which of those is most likely to succeed in the post-F1 world? You'd have to say Alonso, wouldn't you? Well... Is he going to succeed or is he going to, in a very Alonso way, set his sights on something and then not achieve it? I mean, mm. he's, he's only got the, so he's going for the triple crown. He's only got, and he wants, he probably wants the World Endurance Championship as well. So those two things, I think, are very much within his reach. I think he can, you know, he certainly has the ability to do those. I think with those Particularly with the Indy 500, you kind of need luck to fall your way a little bit. And that's the Mm. one thing he's got a little bit less of, I'd say, than most (laughs) other drivers. Yeah. So I guess the jury's out because luck's kind of a big factor in it. Yeah, I think, like you say, he's obviously already got two components of the Triple Crown. I think that he's got a fairly good chance with the WEC title because it's going to go to yeah. realistically them or the other car isn't it it's going to go to the yeah. 8 or the 7 so it's really just about beating the other car in the in the garage more or less and then the indie thing I think considering how well he did just dropping in to do the rookie test and then the race last time out I think that if they do go for a fuller season where he's at more events and he's in the car more regular things like the look element maybe fall a little more into your hand because you know more and more what you're looking for. Like it's a very, it is still a very look driven event in the 500 because you can get easily caught up in something in, in that yeah. even more so than a lot of other motorsports. So yeah, you're in the lap of the gods almost. Yeah. And, but I think that maybe a lot of time in the car doing a full season would possibly help, but, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to say Van Dorn might be a candidate as well, just because we know that he's talented from his junior formulas before he's come to a F1. Um, and FE's fairly competitive, so and XF1 drivers tend to do all right there, even even if yep. they didn't have an illustrious career in, in F1 itself. So it'd be cool and to see I, another I think... F1 driver go do well there. Yeah, especially given that he's going to be driving the what's the HWA this coming season, but the following season that's going to become the Mercedes works entry. And assuming he's still around for that, I think he's going to be in a very good spot to uh, have a that's push a at the point, championship actually. I never in even, 20, 20, 20, 21 season. I never yeah, even I, thought of it like that. Mm. I, I was just thinking about the fact that you know he's going to go over there and be able to have a decent shot at it just because of his existing F1 experience but yeah that's that's a fair point that I never even realized that it <laughs> will turn into the Mercedes works team if he stays yeah there. yeah if he stays yeah um I'm really excited to see Van Dorn in Formula E I think he's got um he's a talented driver um he's definitely going to be up there with with you know there or thereabouts if he's got the car in Formula E so. I'd say um 
it's all about what that HWA can do, isn't it? I guess. Yeah. Is, yeah. Have they made something that can that can do the business? So far in testing, it's looked a little bit a bit slow because it's obviously it's a brand new car. Um, they're not quite used to the operation, quite as used to the operation as the other team. So they've not quite had the running that the other teams had. But, yeah. Um, and he's obviously had very very little time in that car as well because of his Formula One commitments. But um, yeah, of course. I'm sure once you you know once you get three or four or five seasons in and they can start set, then they can start setting themselves targets and working out where they fit in in the pecking order of Formula E. Yeah. It's not out of the realms of possibility that a team can come in and and you know absolutely set the set the world on fire in Formula E. Yeah, and I think the one advantage you will have going into this season, I, I know a lot of the other guys in that series do race other things as well, but he's well, I suppose it could either be. A help or a hindrance, it could swing either way. But coming off the back of an F1 season straight into the Formula E, he's already kind of on pace with going, you know, yeah, event to event. Race, and it's that's not race he's already race fit, isn't he? Like you say, it's yeah. So he's possibly got a little bit of a an advantage there, just from being already in that mindset of race after race after race. Whereas the other, a lot of the other guys are maybe coming back from summer breaks and. Obviously, they're not going to be unfit, but it can sometimes take a race or two to bring in that yeah, momentum totally. that he can hopefully carry across. Uh, especially yeah, because he had a slightly stronger finish to the end of the season than I expected mm. him to. Yeah, totally. Mm. Uh, looking at the other names in that list, I think we can probably discount Hartley and Sorokin just because we don't even know what they're going to be doing. I don't really know what success even looks like for those two guys at this point in just time. Just driving something. I think, yeah, for both of them. <laughs> um, Ocon, Ocon's a weird one because success for him will be getting back to F1, which is not succeeding after F1. So I think we can probably discount him <laughs> from that as yeah. well. Well, I mean, after F1, kind of like to win the... I mean, he is in the after F1 phase of his career at the moment. So to right come back and then win the Formula 1 World Championship, which he could potentially do in the future, in probably twenty, maybe 2020... You know that'd be a very. I mean, that's that's the high water mark, isn't it? I'd yeah. call that a success. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, do you reckon is he going to do is he going to do any other racing or is he just sticking to the F one reserve role? As far as we know, that's all he's doing. But I, I think he, I, I think I read somewhere that he's like turned down potential. Formula E drive or something like that because he wants to just stay as close to F1 as possible as you would because you'd be afraid if you spend a week away from F1 that you'd just sort of disappear into the background and be forgotten about the way Mm. the speed that sport moves so I think he's just going to be much like George Russell was this season just sat in the Mercedes garage every race observing just writing PowerPoint presentations yeah (laughs) Um, they might negotiate him a FP1 in a Force India or Williams or something potentially Um, are we going to do Ericsson as well? Yeah, Ericsson. I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I have a feeling Ericsson's going to sort of, a bit like um, Max Chilton did when he went to IndyCar. Like, he was good. He didn't set the world on fire. He put in some solid results, but he was he was there or thereabouts kind yeah. of thing. And that's kind of what I'm expecting for Ericsson. Like, I, I hope for his sake I'm wrong and he, he's able to dice at the front. I mean... Again, like the back end of this F1 season, he's really seems to have improved. So maybe that'll set him up for a decent first season in Indy. But he's... yeah, they tend to do all right. Formula One drivers in Indy, I find, from what I've generally, seen. Generally, yeah. Who, those who've had a proper season and been in okay cars tend to go yeah. over there and you know do do a decent job. Yeah, is he um, is he going full Indy car or is he starting in Indy lights? I can't remember where exactly. No, he's straight going. to IndyCar. Straight into IndyCar. Yeah. Um, Do you reckon he'll win I'm the actually... Indy 500 instead of Alonso? <laughs> oh, that'd oh, be pretty that'd be wouldn't it? Turn up for the books, wouldn't it? Absolutely. That'd be <laughs> scandalous. Or like... Absolute like, scenes. Or just to to fuel that like Blame Ericsson fire that people <laughs> enjoy. Like, yeah. 
him and Alonso to come together while Alonso's in the lead or something. It, it just oh, just be imagine like, oh, that. Everyone will oh, lose don't their say minds. you can't say that. Oh, you can't no. say that, Tom. Oh my god! I'm not saying it will happen. But I'm saying everyone would lose their minds. <laughs> you said it. It's been said. It's been said. My You've heart said it. Just if it dropped. happens now, it's your fault. If it happens now. <laughs> if the it, world is going to come collapsing around your shoulders. I'm going to go down the bookies and see what odds I can get on that. Yeah, happening. yeah. Oh man, you get crazy odds for that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think I'm leaning Van Dorn, honestly. I think Van Dorn for the Formula E title in what will it be the 2020 slash 21 season? I think that's like a yeah a solid shout. Yeah, I'm but gonna. If you disagree? I'm then you're disagree. To. I'm gonna say Ocon to Mercedes by Hungary next season. Ooh, Ooh interesting. It's a big prediction. Yeah. Write that down somewhere. You heard, it, you, you heard it here first. We're full of them. Uh, Tom? <laughs> um, I don't know. I like. I do like the idea of Van Dorn jumping across to FE and doing well. I think that's the one I'd be I, you know, most pleased to see out of the yeah. lot, out of the options. Yeah. I, it's, I, you're right. That actually, I agree with that. Yeah, I'd be definitely the most pleased to see that. Yeah, whether it's the most likely, I guess, is a different matter. Yeah. <laughs> On that alone, we'll give it in that just because it's the one we want the most and hope that <laughs> yeah. that means it's right. Uh, I feel like we've given Van Dorn a lot of awards the last few weeks. <laughs> Maybe we felt sorry for him. Um, anyway, uh, finally, a little kind of award among ourselves, I guess. Uh, you may remember back <laughs> in... God, I don't know when it was. It was around the Chinese Grand Prix, I want to say. Was um, it that long ago? Wow. I think it was off the back of the Ricardo going to like Ferrari or Mercedes rooms, we did this, but we all predicted the 2019 grid all the way back then. Um, so we're now going to go through it and see how right or indeed wrong we were with it. Yes. Um, I believe you have that list, you. I do. I have it in front of me. It's all brightly coloured and fully coloured in and looking Lovely. correct. Should we go um, like team by team and say what we predicted maybe yes i think so um and cool. I'd actually i'd like to test you and see if you can remember what you said oh gosh since, since you don't that, that could be quite fun we'll see how fun that is as we get through it um <laughs> so mercedes and renault were already set um when we started this so ricardo and hulkenberg and hamilton and bottas ah, okay it must have been hungry we did this then it was ricardo triggering it with renault wasn't it that that's yeah, what made yeah, us do of it course. yeah um so there at the time there was a spare seat at ferrari potentially for next season um, can you remember what you both we we already got Vettel signed up can you remember who your second driver at Ferrari was I, th- I want to say I said Leclerc because it's what I wanted to happen yeah I, I know I said the same I was fairly confident yeah. on that yeah all three of us said Leclerc nice um, so that's Ferrari Vettel and Leclerc that's a point each um, we should get a little bing noise <laughs> um, Red Bull uh, Verstappen was already signed on um, Tom, can you remember who you said? I unfortunately went signs because I was hoping he'd get the um, the upgrade and go back. I you did indeed. I'm pretty sure I did as well. You didn't, Chris. You said Gasly. Oh, that's a nice surprise. <laughs> so you get a point. One point Yay. for Chris and one cross for for uh, for Tom. Yeah. <laughs> um, how about you? I said Gasly as well, so that's two points for me and two points for Chris at this stage. Only one point for Tom. Um, Haas, can you remember what we all said for Haas? Um, we all it was all to play for at the time. So Tom, who were your predictions? Can you remember? Um, I think I went with a Magnussen Perez because you did. I, I know that I had Ocon still at Force India when we come to that in a minute. So I had Perez in down fact, as moving. I think. All three of us went for Magnussen and Perez. Um, yeah. Only is it, only getting points for Magnussen because Perez is obviously going to stay at Racing Point Force India. Um, I still stand of, by our logic at the time there that Perez yeah. to Haas just kind of... Something feels right about that. Well, I think so. At the time as well, the, the Force India administration and buyout was still not a, a, a solid thing which is why i remember what i picked because i remember calling the the stroll buyout and stroll getting the seat 
mm. which we'll come to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking of, um, Force India at the time were called Force India, now called Racing Point. Probably going to stay just race, Racing Point. Um, Tom, you had Ocon and Stroll. Um, Chris, you had Ocon and Russell, and yeah. I had Ocon and Russell as well. So just the, just the point for Tom there. Um, which puts us at the halfway point through the teams at three points each. Ooh, exciting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone got anything to add to that? Or, or we shall we move on to McLaren? Power on. Power on. Tom okay, McLaren. McLaren. Um, Tom, you had Van Dorn and Norris, um, so you get a point. Chris, you had Sainz and Norris at two points, and Ooh. I also had Sainz and Norris, two points for me. So that's five points for Chris, five points for me, and four points for Tom. Um, Toro Rosso, Tom, you've got Gasly and Hartley. Yeah, Chris, up. so no points. Chris, you've got Hartley and Outsider, which... <laughs> Am I allowed a point for that? I... I think, you know what, Alex Albon... Yeah. Absolutely an outsider. Your, your I know my thinking was specifically at the time where I'm going to go for Hartley and just an outsider that's not already in the picture. So Kvyat wouldn't have counted because he was in the picture, but Alban yeah. to yeah. me classifies as as suiting yeah. that. So when I was doing the highlighting earlier and making things green and red, I gave you a green for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it's very generous. Good of work, you. Tom. That's very kind of you. And yes, he he gets a point there. Um, I got I had Hartley and Tictum, which of course Tictum doesn't I mean, have enough super license points for his uh, drive. They so. tried very hard to make you right there. Yeah, they did. They really did. They they had my back, <laughs> <laughs> but um, unfortunately, no cigar for me. So that's uh, one, two, three, four points for Tom. Still, one, two, three, four, five, six points for Tom. Uh, Chris, I mean. And one, two, three, four, five, five points for me. So, Chris, you're actually in the lead at this point. Wow, who knew? As we move on to Sauber. Um, Tom, you get two points for correctly predicting Giovinazzi and Raikkonen. That Um, that was just gut instinct, that. Yeah. Unbelievable prediction. Um, Chris, you had Giovinazzi, but you had Ericsson retaining his drive. (sighs) Um, at Sauber, so that's just a single point for you. And I also predicted correctly Giovinazzi and Raikkonen. I think you must have guessed that one before me, Tom. I convinced <laughs> very you much to change like something. I can't remember I think what you, might you had, yeah. but I, I properly talked up Raikkonen going to Sauber, and you were like, do you know what, actually? You've convinced me that I'm going to go. I, I remember that happening, but I can't remember who you had before. It'd be interesting to maybe go back and check. I wish yes. he tries to convince me a bit more. <laughs> so <laughs> at, at this at this point, with only one team to go, um, Chris, you have seven points. I'm tied with you at seven points as well. And Tom, you're on six points. All so only, only one behind. So it's all to play for in the final round against Williams, uh, where, we, where we attempt to predict Williams, I should say. Um, Chris, you ha- can you remember who you had? <sighs> I think I left Stroll there. I can't remember. Yep. Kabit you had Stroll. You said Stroll and Sorokin, despite, oh, dis- despite Qubits are hype. <laughs> oh, no. So, Chris, I'm afraid to say you, you're stuck on seven points. You're Disaster. still on seven points there. Uh, Tom, do you remember who you had for... I for know Williams? I had Russell... Because yes, I remember you, you so guys having him at Force India, and I was like, no, Stroll is going Force India, which means Russell will be at Williams. I think as his teammate, I possibly said Sorokin had stayed, but I can't remember for definite. You did. You said Sorokin. So you've gained the point. You've gained the point on Chris. <laughs> so that's tied. You you are now so tied lose, at the, in the final round. You cannot lose. <laughs> you cannot lose. Um, and uh, my prediction was um, I had DeResta. Oh, Williams left field. I, I remember making. I remember saying this. It was. It was sort of a, a bit of a fantasist in me that, that wanted this. So did rest But the fantasist in me also predicted Kubica to be wow. So I get the final point. I get eight points oh, there. That so. swings it for you. Yeah, I've, I've swung the uh, swung it. I'm, you can hear the grin on my face as I speak. I'm very happy with that. Um, and I'm trying very hard to be magnanimous <laughs> about it. <laughs> 
I wish I had convinced you about Raikkonen now and we'd have all tied. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, we would have left you doing whatever all you were doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there we go. Seven, seven, eight. That's not I'm, bad. I'm fairly pleased with that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think, you know, we're quite pretty accurate, I'd say, overall. Like, to, to get eight, eight predictions out of a, a what, a 20 driver grid. Well, we already is, knew four at that point, so it's less yeah, than yeah. that, actually. Yeah, it's, you, it's more than 50%. It's, yeah, in fact, it is fifty percent. And I'll take that. Is is there any that we've the only one where we've not really got anything at all is Toro Rosso because yeah, even the one that we did get right was Chris saying <laughs> a random outsider, yeah, a <laughs> a ra- random yeah. person from the street. <laughs> so um, I don't think that's too bad either. To for that to be the only one where we were sort of struggling because that's a difficult team to predict anyway these days. <laughs> Could change on a daily basis at Toro Rosso. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Good stuff. Um, yeah. So that's that. We should. That's, that's the 2019 predictions. We should try to remember to do that around the same point next season and see if we can do any better for 2020. I mean, if surely there's going to be less movement for 2020 because it's been. Yeah, they're all tied down there. It's been an absolute mad one. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's yeah. been one for the ages. The silliest of silly seasons this year. Definitely. Um, shall we What's have a quick next? quick trip to the inbox? Uh, a few of you have sent in some of your uh, of the years. Okay, so first this week, uh, we have Michael Biggs saying, driver of the year, Lewis Hamilton, quality of the year, Lewis in Singapore, race of the year, Italy, uh, team of the year, Mercedes, and young driver, Leclerc. Um, I think that's a fairly yeah. decent roundup, to, to be honest. Can't disagree with any of that, I don't think. Yeah, yeah I think he's probably hit the nail on the head there. Um, George Coleman says, Drive of the Year equals Will Smith. Great win in Abu Great win in Abu Dhabi to finish off the season. <laughs> yeah. Very Again, good. I wholeheartedly agree with you, George. <laughs> um, Emmett Nugent says, um, Obviously Hamilton for Driver of the Year. He was flawless, but standout driver for me is Leclerc. Best overtake, just take your pick from Ricardo's. Um, I have a would you rather as well. Ooh. Would you Ooh. rather lose a championship like Vettel did this year and last, oh. get taken out like Senna did to Prost, or like when Alonso got stuck behind Petrov in 2012? So which of the three ways to lose three, a title would three you options prefer? Um, Definitely not the Alonso way, because no, that's... that's down to you not being able to be fast enough to get by back marker so that's not what mm. you want um, I'm going to say Prost just because that's out of your hands that's not your fault yeah I'd, I'd agree with that yeah the centre Prost yeah thing. the, the just, other you can't, what can you do if someone takes you out the other two are a bit more your fault aren't they yeah yeah I'd agree. Good one, uh, racing drivers love to uh, blame someone else their problems and that gives you an excuse so yeah yeah yeah. We, that, that, therefore we must all be defined as racing drivers <laughs> based <laughs> on that based on that logic we are technically racing drivers. Um, Anna Shara says, driver of the year, Charles Leclerc. So that's all she said. Definitely a good argument for that, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um, thanks, Anna. Uh, the guys at Dance Life say, driver of the year, Hamilton. Team of the year, Mercedes. Race of the year, Germany, purely for Hamilton's comeback and the Vettel drama. And overtake of the year, Ricardo, Ricardo, <laughs> Ricardo <laughs> in Baku against Verstappen. The successful one, by the way, they mean, not the crash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that was a good overtake. I remember that. He really, really sort yeah. of had to make that one stick, didn't he? In order to... But then they then they pitted him and he ended up behind him and he had to do it all again. Yeah. And that's where all the trouble started. Um, so, Chris, you have a forfeit, I believe, that you have to read out. Yeah, I can't put it off any longer. Um, if you've been listening for the latter half of the season, you'll know that me and Dad's life, who were having terrible seasons in predictions league had a little uh, mini battle between us um they then decided to start doing much better ever since we decided to do that so i lost by i don't even know how many points in the end basically bottas let, let me down horribly in uh, abu dhabi typical um, racing driver blame somebody else yep <laughs> um so they have sent me a statement to read out as a forfeit i have not looked at this until this moment um it's quite long so buckle up everyone <laughs> Make yourself comfortable. <clears throat> Here we go. 
I, Chris from Back of the Grid podcast, to start, oh have oh, been passed no. a statement which has been written for me by Dave and Tom from Dat's Life podcast. Despite what I may oh. say at a later date, everything in this statement is absolutely 100% accurate. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, a short while ago, I took on Dave and Tom in a prediction league challenge to see who could get the most points by the final few races of the season, in the final few races of the season. So as I'm sure you've guessed by now, I lost the challenge, making me a loser. When I agreed to this, I should have known that I did not stand a chance. Dave and Tom are far superior to me, not just as podcasters, but as men. They are my inspiration, and I like to think of them as a young Ant and Deck, only better looking and funnier. <laughs> Does that mean one of them's going through some difficulties? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate, I think so, maybe. They didn't really think about this, did they? (laughs) Um, Speaking of superior podcasters, I would like to reserve a special mention to Tom and Stu, my co-hosts on Back of the Grid. Well, I say co-hosts, really they've been carrying me for the last two years. (laughs) I mean... That's not completely accurate. Um, <laughs> so, Tom and Stu, as a show of my gratitude to oh god, as a show of my gratitude to you both for teaching me everything I know, I would like oh. to take you both out for dinner at a restaurant of your choosing. Oh, nice! Thanks, oh, brilliant. Chris. If you can't decide nice. in a restaurant you both like, then I guess we'll have to go for two meals. Great. Um, so, Tom and Stu, where would you like to take me? Where would you like me to take you for dinner? Um, to a restaurant of your choosing, as long as it's somewhere different to Stu, so we get to go out twice. I don't mind. Yep, thought so. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I'll say mine first then. My, I mean, there's only one restaurant that I, and I'm going to answer this in like a serious way as well, but the only <laughs> restaurant I want to go to Chris with is Benito's Hat. In oh, great. It is Excellent choice. just the best <laughs> burrito you can get, and I'm not one to turn down a free burrito. <laughs> um, just to clarify, I will be paying for everything. <laughs> oh, great. Even better. <laughs> uh, back to me being a loser. Dave and Tom, who I like to think of as a young Richard and Judy, (laughs) only not as good looking, (laughs) um, have taught me a good lesson. Much like Hamilton versus Vettel this season, I have been put in my place. In fact, comparing myself to Vettel is probably a bit kind. I'm more like the Pastor Maldonado of Formula One. I will be remembered forever, but for all the wrong reasons. (laughs) Um, A question for Tom and Stu. What do you guys wear when we record our podcasts? Um, oh goodness! Depends That's on the a weather. Weird question. Uh, whose forfeit is this again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll you'll you, oh you'll see. Uh, I just wear a shirt. Uh, well, just wear whatever I'm wearing through the day. So yeah. my usual my my daily uniform, if you like, is a a t shirt, a check shirt, and a pair of jeans. Very similar for and me as socks well. Socks and shoes. Maybe a zip hoodie or something. <laughs> cool. I like to wear ladies' underwear. Ah, apparently. (laughs) This seems like a good time to take a musical interlude. Oh, boy. So without further ado, please put your hands together for me singing the new F1 theme song. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. Nice. This is my favourite thing. Go on, Chris, go, go, go. go. (laughs) Okay. Oh, goodness. Shall I lead you in? Shall I lead you in? Sure. Okay. Dun 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 At this point, it's just you singing it. Give it now. Yeah, we are. That's the leading. There you go. Bam 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 bam. How much have to do? Da 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 it All is right, re- actually one of my favourite things in the world, the Formula 1 theme tune. It's excellent. It. <laughs> um, as a side note, I saw someone on Reddit today just posted lots of comments from when they first released that theme song and how much everybody hated it. <laughs> ah, not anymore. Um, right. What's, what's left to say? Oh, there's plenty, don't you worry. Um, I don't think I've mentioned how much I admire and respect Dave and Tom, uh, who I like to think of as my modern day Jesus and Mary Magdalene. <laughs> I actually have a picture on my bedroom wall of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, only with Dave and Tom's faces photoshopped over oh it. <laughs> if I ever have kids, I will call them Dave and Tom, even if they are girls. If I was to have a third child, I will call them Matilda, because I really like that name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, as my loser statement comes to an end, finally, 
Uh, I would like to make a request. I've always thought that Chris is a boring name, especially now I'm mildly famous as a mediocre podcaster. <laughs> oh, wow. So I've decided on a new name. This will not replace my actual name, but will just be my podcasting name, similar to Elton John, whose real name is Reginald Dwight, who incidentally is another inspiration of mine. It seems only right that I sing my favourite Elton classics for you. Oh. You've, you've picked the wrong person there because I'm not an Elton John fan. I literally cannot. Think if you Elton don't know John's. an Elton John song, then you do have to sing. Don't um, <laughs> Rocket Man. <laughs> that's the, that's the extent of my... Pretty what's good. the one in that new John Lewis advert? Actually, don't answer that because I'm going to move on. If I have a fourth child, they'll be called Elton. Anyway, back to my <laughs> podcast name. From here on in, I would like everybody, not just Tom and Stu, but everybody to refer to me as the Seaman. The Seaman. The Seaman. The Seaman is my new podcast name. That's a risque name, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, okay. If that's what you, if that's what you really, really want, Chris. Yep. Then that is. As, I mean, I as can, I said, everything in this I is true. Advise. So that is what I want, apparently. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Um, okay. And so the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. Don't worry, I'm not singing again. I've done enough damage to everybody's eardrums. Many thanks to my superiors, Dave and Tom, who wrote this wonderful statement for me, the Seaman, to read out as my forfeit for being a loser. <laughs> I actually asked them if I could write the endings to this statement myself, and like the gentleman they are, they obliged. This is actually something I've wanted to get off my chest for quite a while, and it oh, may be quite no. shocking for you all to hear, so I advise you all brace yourselves. In the right light, and especially when dancing, I think Theresa May is rather beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So thank oh, you. What, that just shouldn't have laughed so hard at that. That's really Thank nasty. you very much, Dave and Tom, for that. Um, it was It was a... <laughs> It was, a, it was a hell of a fight, but I lost miserably. Yeah. And, Are you still and reading? God, that's over. No, this is this is we're finally done. We're finally done. Excellent work, Seaman. And in a weird way, that is how we're going to wrap up our season of podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um. We are. I think we're going to take a couple of weeks off, uh, but we will be back uh, in January with whatever f1 news is going on um probably some formula e and obviously they'll be testing uh in the not too distant future um stay uh on top of our social media stuff where we'll post lots of things i'm sure uh you can find us on twitter at back of the grid f1 on facebook just search back of the grid instagram at back of the grid and of course our website is back of the grid.com uh, and i think that's everything isn't it um so i guess just to finish to say massive thank you to everyone who's listened and written in and taken part in the predictions league and everything else this season um it's been just really brilliant from our side of things and everything's gone way better than we could have hoped at the start of the year so huge thank you to every single one of you for that yeah um yeah don't forget to come back next year yeah (laughs) Yeah, please come back next year (laughs) please come back come back for more next year it'll be great to see you all again um yeah (laughs) I, i i never could have imagined how quickly this podcast has grown and the way it has i had no idea so it's almost terrifying <laughs> um, <laughs> it's terrifying to think that people listen to us for entertainment <laughs> yeah. yeah right yeah um so but yeah I- i've had a great time doing it with you guys as well so thank you it's guys both last and thank you Stuart. it's been awesome yes um, um, and yeah and we will more, more next year count down the days until testing um Yes, so until the new year, thank you again, uh, and goodbye. Goodbye. Latest Seaman and latest audience. This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.